Welcome to HealthCast. I am your host, Bill Balderas. This is the week for the episode of October 5th, 2015. Today, we're going to talk patient satisfaction with Lori Turner, the Chief Marketing, Innovation, and Experience Officer for Beacon Health System in South Bend, Indiana. Lori, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Lori, with everything going on in healthcare, readmissions, meaningful use, patient acquisition, everyone I speak with, every event I attend, every podcast, every blog post, people are talking about patient satisfaction. What's going on? Why is patient satisfaction so important to our industry right now? Well, I really think that people who have dedicated their careers to healthcare have always really personally cared about patient satisfaction. I think the, the difference is there's a lot more data available on a, sort of what you call big data on patient satisfaction that can lead to some maybe more standard practices that allow us to have more consistent satisfaction outcomes. And of course, the other large motivator is the uh, payment structure surrounding patient satisfaction where Hospital systems, hospitals and health systems can either kind of get dinged if their scores are not good or actually rewarded financially if their scores uh, improve a good deal over time. It's very important not that we just deliver a quality clinical experience, but a quality personal experience. I mean, there really is nothing more personal than a customer, a patient, can go through than a health kind of procedure or crisis or interaction with a health professional. So I believe that at Beacon, we are really looking at patient satisfaction and patient experience as part of our quality equation. There are even correlations between high patient satisfaction and better patient outcomes. So there's some, some real science behind it. Lori, it's interesting. When you respond to that, you initially said customer satisfaction. You kind of corrected yourself, said patient satisfaction. I've never heard before the last year, 18 months or so, people in our industry, people within healthcare, describe patients as customers. Why have we never heard that before, and why are we starting to say that now? are 
causing the change in the nomenclature to customer because customers have choice. The good side of that is that when customers have choice, um, customer demands and expectations many times drive innovation. One example of customers really asking health systems to push the envelope is in the area of convenient access. And that's something traditionally that health systems have not been great at um, in terms of the convenience of the access. We have to remember that as a health system, we're not being compared to how other health systems can get you into an appointment or you know, gracefully guide you through your health journey. We're actually being compared to other services. People are managing much of their life on a digital device of some kind. And the fact that healthcare is not as much in that space as it needs to be, I think is, um, is something that's being pushed by the consumer. I, I use the example, Domino's can track my pizza, <laughs> um, but healthcare has a much more challenging time tracking what's going on with the process of my health journey. And I think, I know for Beacon Health Systems, that is something that we're looking very closely at in terms of how we can be a much better navigator and not only provide excellence in service and excellence in quality, but also excellence in ease of access. In fact, easy access is part of our, our mission. Lori, it's interesting. In that story you just told, I see aspects of all three parts of your title. You've got an interesting title, Chief Marketing, Innovation, and Experience Officer. Now, again, if I look back a year or two ago, most people in these roles at healthcare organizations were called things like CMOs, Vice Presidents of Marketing, Directors of Marketing Communications. Now, suddenly, we're seeing titles like Customer Experience, Brand Manager, Titles that almost seem more appropriate for a marketing or an advertising agency. What what exactly does your title mean? What's a day in the life of Lori Turner really like? <laughs> Sometimes it's a little frightening, but, <laughs> but most of the time it's pretty good. Um, healthcare has, has and continues to go through a significant season of consolidation. You, you have hospitals coming together in systems. You have the acquisition and the building of large physician groups. Uh, in the case of Beacon Health System, we also have a very significant um, home care. It's called Beacon Home Care Division. So you're looking at larger systems. And part of the reason for the larger system is to make sure that the populations have proper access to the care that they need and don't have to travel to odd places. And part of the consolidation is for the benefit of standardization, which positively impacts quality, but it also positively impacts cost. Hmm. We're going to have to, in healthcare, deliver more health for less dollars. In other words, the dollars may stay the same or go down, but the value is going to have to increase, which kind of gets back to the, the consumerism piece. Um, the consumer has to see value in what they're doing. The interaction between the culture of innovation and marketing and experience is an interesting one. If an excellent experience is consistent 
authentically delivered, I can actually spend less money on marketing because I will have the word of mouth of people saying you absolutely have to go there. They have it nailed. They 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 know exactly what's going on. They keep you informed every every step of the way. If, so it's so it's an interesting compliment. I don't think people thought about marketing budgets and experience budgets as being complimentary, but I I really think that they are. I think there are some great lessons we can learn from retail. You mentioned things like innovation and customer experience. I hear I hear stories like that. I hear what's going on in healthcare, and I think of organizations like Amazon. I think of Whole Foods. I think of Southwest Airlines or Chipotle. And my understanding is that organizations like that spend a lot less money on marketing and advertising than their counterparts. These, these are groups that spend a lot of time on providing a great customer experience, which means repeat customers, word of mouth. Does the same apply to marketing? If we do all these things very, very well, does that mean we're spending fewer resources on marketing and advertising? Yeah, that can, search, that can certainly be the case. Customers are smart. They should be listened to. I think even in the marketing that the ecosystem has done, we've really represented our people. We've represented the authentic experience and tried to complement that, obviously, with the, the delivery. You know, the people, we just got some brand numbers back, you know, and we're tracking our branding over the last couple of years or so. And the brand itself is doing quite well. And when we're talking to our team members, and we can have quite a few, we have a little over 7,000 associates, you know, they said, well, how does this work with, with marketing and branding? And I said, look, marketing can help make the promise, communicate the promise, but the operations and the people and the individuals are the ones who deliver on the promise. So a brand really can only go up and do well if all of those things are working in sync. If our listeners get nothing else out of today's podcast, I hope they remember that, that marketing makes the promise, but people have to deliver it. It's, it's a unique approach that you have at Beacon. There's dozens of products out there. There's dozens of patient satisfaction trainers out there. There's, there's books. There's online courses. You went a different route, though. You took the initiative to develop your own training, your own curriculum, your own program. Why would you take something like that on? When we took a look at what we needed for um, to try to impact patient satisfaction, we looked at two of our hospitals, and each of the hospitals were using each of the nursing departments who have historically and traditionally been responsible for patient experience and patient satisfaction. We took a look at how they viewed the process and what kind of training and education was surrounding um, patient satisfaction. And what we found was really interesting. One of the hospitals grew up with relationship-based care kind of mentality. Another one had a more, I think it's Keratos um, history. And each of them were using slightly different kind of acronym-based approaches to making sure that the patient's being paid, att- uh, being paid attention to. So, of course, if we're going to deliver a consistent brand experience for Beacon Health System, not just for every single unit, we, we really wanted to gather our voice as an organization as a whole. 
So we put together a team of both internal experts and external experts in the form of Market Digital to put together a product. We looked around and there was really nothing on the market that was going to do what we wanted to do. Much of our thinking started with our CEO, Phil Newbold, making the statement that every single individual that is an associate with Beacon Health System is responsible for the patient experience. It's not just the people who have direct patient care. That we very much as a team, back office, front office, you know, whoever's interacting with the patient, maybe people who never see the patient, Certainly, accounting and finance are a lot more involved in interacting with patients than they ever have been because of the price shopping going on. But it started with the philosophy that we are all responsible for the patient experience. So we took a look at what kind of patient experience training was occurring and who was receiving it and when. And what we found is that it was extremely variable. We had probably close to 15 different approaches to patient experience that were being sometimes shared with one department or one floor on a nursing unit, all the way up to um, a, maybe a more widely deployed vision of what that could be. But they were not consistent. And when you look at our total number of people, they really were reaching a relatively small number of people. And they were reaching them in a classroom style. One thing we know about today's learner and today's adult learner is that classroom is just not always the most optimal way to get to a large number of people. And also, it's a wildly expensive proposition to physically get people together, then make sure that you have their attention, and then make sure you do the proper follow-up and that kind of thing. So. We gathered our experts from HR in our organizational development area. We've got a couple of really excellent people in the area of brain science, how people learn. Um, we got our nursing experts together and decided that we wanted to partner with Mindset Digital. Um, Mindset Digital brought a very uh, unique technical solution to what we needed, um, which was a highly dispersed delivery of short courses that people could interact with. They could do it on their computer, on their maybe a like a notebook device or an iPad or something like that, as well as on a on a on a cell phone. And that was very attractive to us because we could actually get to all seven thousand of our associates in a way that we could never do it if we were trying to do it in person because it wasn't going to be feasible. We also then went through the process with, of course, the, the expertise and the expert communicators that Mindset Digital has in their venue of, of associates to develop really what the core learnings needed to be in order to not only impact satisfaction, but also create a more supportive environment for the associates themselves and for the caregivers themselves. That sounds like a big task. You mentioned 7,000 people. You may mention the CEO involvement. You mentioned the people from finance getting trained and the non-clinical team's involvement. When you have a project that large, when you have an initiative that big, 
how do you get adoption? How do you get people on board and to really believe in an initiative like this? Well, fortunately, our executive leadership team was really supportive of the idea. So we knew that we had buy-in and commitment really from the, the leaders of the organization. So that was very certainly a very helpful place to be. One of the things that we decided to do, because there's a lot of topics to cover, but the first topic that we decided to cover was a module that's developed called Be Well. And the Be Well module really talks about taking care of yourself. And, you know, employers don't, uh, really, of any, in any industry, let alone healthcare, don't really talk as much about how important it is to make sure that you care for yourself. You know, your own physical well-being, your emotional well-being, um, your spiritual well-being, and that's something that Beacon's been committed to. So we started the coursework by talking about how important they are and how important each individual's responsibility to take care of themselves is. Taking care of yourself allows you to be your best, not only at work, but it allows you to bring your best self to your family, to your community, you know, to your, your um, make your faith community, and really to give everybody that you interact with, which would obviously include your patients, but it would include your co-workers as well. So we were actually going for a cultural impact, and I think part of the buy-in occurred because we started the conversation with how to take care of yourself, not with here's what you, you know, here's some more things that you need to do with patients. Something you just said was extremely interesting to me. Of all the patient satisfaction material I've seen, I don't recall seeing anything else with such an emphasis on this idea of self. Why is it so important to start with our own well-being before we start thinking about the well-being of our patients? So people in healthcare are really amazing, and I'm just amazed at the kind of compassion and expertise that would say approach patients. They're probably also, though, people that would be willing to give more of themselves, maybe than some days they have. So we feel like the population needs to be reminded of that. And also, frankly, as we can help us, we believe it. We believe in work-life balance. We believe that having techniques and tools to understand how to interact with patients, how to communicate with patients in a way that they're feeling listened to, understood, and that kind of stuff. One of the things that we did is we did a correlation analysis on the Prestini scores, which is a very nationwide, very standard kind of way of looking at patient feedback. And we looked at the correlation of some of your high-impact areas, and every single one of them correlated to the scores of communication. Like, I felt like things were explained well. So we said, you know, we need to figure out how to do the MRI faster if someone's in the ER. We need to figure out how to approach a patient and, and have a conversation with them about maybe why something got delayed because maybe a very serious case came in. So I, I think that our opportunity or what we saw the, the low-hanging fruit is how can we encourage conversation and really meaningful listening and explanation. 
mindset is also uplifting and frankly is delivered with love. Now, Lori, let's suppose I'm someone like you. I'm at a healthcare system. I have a role within marketing and innovation. I'm responsible, at least in part, for patient satisfaction. You mentioned low-hanging fruit. Of all the stuff you just said, I didn't hear a lot of low-hanging fruit. And to be honest, I've sat across the table from people in similar positions to yours who they kind of drop their head and rub their temples when we start talking just because the logistics of a program like this seems so big. What advice do you have for someone like that? We actually worked with some of the members of the marketing department to brand and package this as an internal for launch and treated it very much like that. We have two, even for the size of the system we have, we have two exceptional experiences consultants, so we do not have a large we do not have a large team of exceptional experience consultants, but these two people who actually report up through me they met with the leaders uh, throughout the entire system and the managers and demonstrated the course, reviewed what the expectations were. The entire, if you sat down from start to finish and did every course back to back, I think the entire coursework is maybe an hour and 15 or 20 minutes. So it's highly, highly efficient. I think that the goals that we set up were that we wanted people to do at least one course every other week get them all complete in somewhere like 75 or 90 days. So we're not looking at a really large investment of time. When people think of training, they think, oh my goodness, you know, how am I going to, I mean, pharmacy called and said, how am I going to fit this in? And we said, well, do you, you, know, do you realize that this is 15 minutes at a time? <laughs> and they said, oh, we didn't really, you know, I mean, that, that's not kind of in their mind. We not only had to educate about what the coursework is, but also talk, really help people think very differently about that you actually can really get a lot of content shared and get it to sink in in a very short amount of time. In fact, you can probably do that better in a short amount of time than a long class where a lot of people, frankly, their mind wonders and they, they don't really pay attention to what's in front of them. Now, Lori, when we started talking, you said that Patients want things that are simple, things that are digital. They want content on their phones. They want things to be easy. We've come full circle. Now you're saying that when you rolled out these programs to your team, to your associates, you follow the same guidelines, simple, digital, easy, access, available. Tell us more about that connection. I think it's part of our our communications condition right now. And the methods, I'm not saying classroom can never work. In fact, what they're doing is, but they're doing it on a unit level. They'll go through the coursework and then they'll kind of do an intercession, little journey and discussion about what they learned and how that, that might, might apply. We've had amazing ideas and response come out of this. We had our, our lab called the other day and said, who, who do I have to get permission to to bring in some yoga balls and that kind of stuff? And we said, you don't, you don't need permission. You just do it, right? So I think the way that this is set up is empowering people, and that's really what you need to do. This isn't about marching orders. It isn't about sort of the the letter of a certain standard needing to occur every time. It really is about bringing the best of you to your patient, being present in the moment, um, and delivering the best and most compassionate care that you can. You're not going to prescribe that standard. Because every individual is different, and frankly, caregivers are different as well. Sure. So you need to give people the 
people the tools where they can really bring the, the most beautiful part of, of who they are to the setting. All right, Lori, you tipped your hand a little bit there. Can you give us some of the results that you have found in the program? I, I know there's anecdotal things like the yoga ball example. There's got to be some numbers associated, though. How has Beacon seen this impact patient satisfaction? Right now, we are we have a pretty sophisticated tracking mechanism because we're rolling this out to a lot of people, and obviously there's an investment of time and money in doing this. So what we're doing with every one of our hospitals, including our home care and our Beacon Medical Group, is we're tracking the number of courses that are completed against the nurse communication goals or nurse composite communication goals that come through posting, um, or we're looking at best hospital nines and ten. So we're taking the number of courses that are completed, and I think our goal this year is maybe 30, close to 32,000 courses completed. And we are well over halfway there. So we have, I think, somewhere around 17,000 or 18,000 so far completed this year. So we'll, we'll meet our goal. And what we're noticing is that after the, a large number of courses are taken by a certain area, we're noticing about a four- to six-week lag, and then we're noticing an uptick. And part of that lag is because prepping, there's a lag in the prepping score. We'd like to see you know, more real-time data, and I know that, that the industry as a whole is, is trying to kind of align with that. But we're seeing some pretty good movement on some of these communication-related scores, and we're pretty excited about it because you know, anyone that's been working with these scores knows that it's really hard to move a score even a tenth of a point, and we're seeing some really very good steady movement going along. I would say uh, there's one one area that we introduced it to, and the scores really just, they really went up a couple of points over the course of a month or so, and three months later, they kind of leveled back off again. So what we're oh. going to do is reintroduce some of the courses to see if we can get that bump back up. So this is a learning process for us, but the, the data that we're seeing is very, very encouraging. And more importantly, our, all of our new associates, they are taking these courses before they come in. When they come in and they say, this is part of our, our culture, listening is important, making sure that you know everyone feels understood and heard is important, uh, being exceptional is important. And the new associates that we have coming in are coming to us anecdotally and saying, wow, exact, I am seeing exactly what I saw in courses that you developed. That's great. And that is really, really reassuring to us uh, that we're having a cultural impact as well. This is a great snapshot, a great look at what's going on today from a very innovative healthcare system. Let's pretend you and I are speaking in a year. What has changed? And I don't just mean at, at Beacon Health System, but within our industry, within the healthcare industry, what's changed within patient satisfaction if we look ahead a year? Well, I think what's next for this particular effort in terms of this education surrounding communication and patient satisfaction and really sort of overall well-being of our associates, I think that this continues. I think we're on a, a good path. I think we're, we're learning. We need to continue to refine it. Um, and I, I think we're going to see this kind of effort take off. I know that there's quite a bit of interest that's being expressed, and I think some other uh, health organizations have picked up uh, 
Mindset Digital project, uh, product, which is really uh, based on this joint effort that we, that we put together originally. I don't think that innovation can really occur unless the voice of the customer, or unless that innovation is inspired by the customer. So one of the things I know that we're really looking at, we just started a project, and it's a year-long listening project, where we are going to spend an entire year listening to the voice of our customers. That includes our physician wow. customers, our associate customers, our patients, our people who maybe aren't in an episode of, of illness but want to stay healthy because we really feel like we need to understand way more about what's more and more becoming a consumer-driven industry. Lori, absolutely love the level of innovation that you are, are doing, that you're achieving, the results that you're getting. If I'm one of our listeners, how can I learn more about your program and these courses? There is a website out there called patsatplus.com, and that is a really excellent site that gives a really great overview of what my digital products uh, have to deliver. I think that we will be seeing a lot more health systems leaning on this kind of not only technology delivery that makes it easy for people, but the message is designed in a way that the brain can take it in and really make it you know, part of them and part of what they're doing. I will say that it's a really very good investment and really relatively modest investment considering some of the results that we're seeing out of it. Lori, I've truly enjoyed our conversation today. This has been great. I've learned a lot. I'm so impressed with your program, and I'm sure our listeners will feel the same. Well, I appreciate the time to talk today. It's really been an exciting journey, and thanks for um, allowing us to share a little bit of what's going on here in northern Indiana and southwestern Michigan. That's it for this week's HealthCast. Once again, I'm Bill Valderas, and thank you for listening. Until next week, remember, don't just live, live well.